Hello and welcome back to Stories by Candlelight. This episode is focused around Jeff the Killer, which is another creepypasta in my creepypasta series that will lead us to Halloween. Um, I don't really have any sort of thought out specific to a T plans as to what I'm going to do once this series is over, but... I have sort of an idea, and that is to go right into true crime. So Charles Manson, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, you know them all. Um, However, it's going to take a lot of research because I want to be as accurate as I can if I'm going to be talking about something that actually happened rather than reading from a screen a creepypasta story that's fictional and made up. Um, so I will be taking a break once this series is over. That way I can get right on into the research for the first person I'm going to be talking about in that true crime series. So, bear with me. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that as it gets closer, seeing as, you know, it's only August. So... We have some time. We have some time. But I will say this story is a little longer because there's a bunch of origin and history and backstory to Jeff the Killer. And scrolling through the page on creepypasta.com, there's a lot to go through before we get to the actual story itself. And then there's even some stuff after the story as well. So this is going to be kind of a longer one. Um, Bear with me for a little bit also. If I stumble on words, it's not really that big of a deal, but I just figured I'd put it out there anyway. Also, if you can hear some crackling, I have a Woodwick crackling candle lit. Just had some background and some just some kind of what's the word ambience so i don't know if my other mic is picking it up but if you can hear it that's good but if you can't i'm just gonna move my mic over the one that i'm talking into just for a split second so you can hear what i'm talking about so there you go i got that at Target, by the way. It's leather and embers. It smells very nice. And so I think without further ado, without any more talking, we're going to get into just a long, long story. Oh, by the way, I would like to preface that I will be posting the pictures that are in this story that are given to me. I think there's only really one really that I'm looking at right now. But I will say it is kind of a little bit disturbing. Not really gory. It's mainly just because of the way he's smiling and his eyes. Jeff the Killer, he's not really that creepy unless there's like, you know, different circumstances as maybe you're looking at it at a very, very late time of hour. So, yeah, he's not really that creepy, but... 
his smiling and his eyes are, you know, just a little spooky. But yeah, let's get into this. You wake at 3am, disturbed by some subtle shifting sound within the room, just on the edge of hearing. Propping up one arm, you survey the room, looking for some source for the noise, hoping, beyond hope, that you won't find one. At first, your hopes are raised, everything seems to be silent, everything seems to be still, but it isn't. From behind the long concealing drape of the curtain, a voice, with flickering serpentine hiss, whispers, go to sleep. Suddenly, you know what's about to happen and exactly who is waiting to meet you. As recognizable and wildly known as he is feared, Jeff the Killer, the villain of numerous stories littering the internet, is one of the best known and most wildly referenced creepypasta characters to have emerged from the shadowy corners of the web over the past few decades. But exactly who or what is this infamous Denzian of the darkness? Where did the character come from? How has it evolved and from which horrific pit of hell or the internet did that haunting image emerge? Firstly, for those unfamiliar with the character Jeff the Killer, the most wildly known creepypasta on this character can be found here. The story is usually linked to a version of this image in which the character is shown to be noseless, with bleached white skin, a leering permanent grin, and lank black hair. For those wanting a quick overview, the story of Jeff the Killer goes something like this. A 13-year-old Jeff, Jeffrey Allen Woods, or Jeff C. Hoddick, depending on who you ask, moves with his parents and brother Louie to a new town. Here, Jeff and his sibling encounter three bullies and are threatened with knives. Jeff Jeff beats these bullies badly, with Louie taking the blame for the assault and being carted off by the ever-reliable police. Guilt-ridden and depressed at having Louie let of having let Louie take the blame for his actions, Jeff's day gets even worse, and when he meets the bullies again and is horribly burnt in an attack with alcohol and bleach, this burning results in Jeff being permanently disfigured. His skin bleached white, physically whilst his mind snaps. Upon being discharged for some reason, his doctors apparently attributing Jeff's insane behavior to the painkillers he is taking, Jeff arrives home and proceeds to make a bad decision worse, a bad situation worse, by purposely mutilating his already disfigured face, cutting a permanent smile into his mouth and cheeks, and burning off his eyelids so that he can always see his face. Now. I'm going to go on a little bit of a side track right here. Um, We know the Chelsea smile all too well um, from, you know, Joker from DC Comics. That is basically what has happened to Jeff, which is one of the reasons why I said earlier 
that the pictures were kind of disturbing. However, in the picture, you don't see anything bloody. But yeah, he has a Chelsea smile and, of course, burned off his eyelids. So, moving forward, Jeff then goes on to kill both his parents and his brother Louis, meeting him with the instruction, go to sleep, before stabbing him and disappearing on a wider and less discriminating killing spree, which it would seem continues to this day. Now, I don't know if any of this is based off of somebody who is true. I didn't look into that because, you know, I just assumed that most of these were supposed to be fiction. But I will look into it after I read and make sure if this is based off of something that's true or false. And I'll put that in my Instagram post on my podcast Instagram. So let's just get right on in to Jeff the Killer appearance and origins. According to the creepypasta explanations, Jeff's fixed grin is due to scarring he inflicted upon himself. His eyes stare wildly. Yeah. His eyes stare widely because he burnt off his own eyelids and his skin is lily white as a result of having been horribly burnt by bullies with a combination of alcohol and bleach. The photograph that accompanies the many Jeff the Killer stories... Okay. Um, yeah. Which looks like a cross between Michael Jackson and a demented dolphin. Oh, is wildly known not only from the many derivative creepypastas using the character, but died to its widespread use in screamer videos alongside Jeff's famous catchphrase, go to sleep. Now the reason I reacted like that is because I personally don't think he looks like Michael Jackson at all. And I just think, you know, that was just a little bit rude in my opinion, but take it as you will. However, it seems that the details of exactly how Jeff ended up with his hideous appearance, corresponding as they do to this image, were retrofitted, the rationales being written to match the image rather than the other way around. So, next we're getting into Jeff photos and folklore, however, I'm going to skip this and just go straight into the story because the story itself is also long. It's pretty, pretty long. And then it goes into dark images and darker stories, which that will be skipped. And I'll just go straight to um, other possible Jeff influences, and then we can wrap it up. So the story itself is really long, which is why I'm skipping that one section. So I will put the link to this in my Instagram if you want to read the rest of this yourself. It's actually pretty interesting. Um, Jeff the Killer is one of the many first creepypastas that I was introduced to from the internet. So, yes, it is very interesting. Let's get into it. At the top it says, excerpt from a local newspaper, ominous unknown killer is still at large. 
like I said, I will do my own research after this is over to see if this is actually in fact true or false, and I'll put that in my Instagram as well. So let's get right into it. After weeks of unexplained murders, the ominous unknown killer is still on the rise. After little evidence has been found, a young boy states that he survived one of the killer's attacks and bravely tells his story. I had a bad dream and I woke up in the middle of the night, says the boy. I saw that for some reason the window was open, even though I remember it being closed before I went to bed. I got up and shut it once more. Afterwards, I simply crawled under my covers and tried to get back to sleep. That's when I had a strange feeling, like someone was watching me. I looked up and nearly jumped out of my bed. There, in the little ray of light illuminating from between the curtains, were a pair of two eyes. These weren't regular eyes. They were dark and ominous. They were bordered, they were bordered in black and just plain out terrified me. That's when I saw his mouth, a long horrendous smile that made every hair on my body stand up. The figure stood there watching me. Finally, after what seemed like forever, he said it. A simple phrase, but said in a way only a madman would speak. He said, go to sleep. I let out a scream. That's what sent him at me. He pulled up a knife, aiming it at my heart. He jumped on top of my bed. I fought him back. I kicked. I punched. I rolled around trying to knock him off of me. That's when my dad busted in. The man threw the knife. It went into my dad's shoulder. The man probably would have finished him off if one of the neighbors hadn't alerted the police. Hadn't alerted the police. They drove into the parking lot and ran towards the door. The men... <laughs> I'm messing up so much. The man turned and ran down the hallway. I heard a smash like glass breaking. As I came out of my room, I saw the window that was pointing towards the back of the house was broken. I looked out at it to see him vanish from the distance. Into the distance. I need to calm down. <sighs> I think I'm going too fast. I can tell you one thing. I will never forget that face. Those cold, evil eyes and, the, and that psychotic smile. They will never leave my head. Yeah, bear with me please. I don't know why I'm messing up so much, but... <laughs> it's kind of comedic, so... Police are still on the look for this man. If you see anyone that fits the description in this story, please contact your local police department. Jeff and his family had just moved into a new neighborhood. His dad had gotten a promotion at work, and they thought it would be the best. It would be. <laughs> it would be best to live in one of those fancy quote-unquote neighborhoods. Jeff and his brother Louis couldn't complain though. A new, better house? What was not to love? As they were getting unpacked, one of their neighborhood neighbor one of their neighborhoods came by? That'd be a that'd be a trip. One of their neighborhoods? No. One of their neighbors came by. Hello, she said. I'm Barbara. I live across the street from you. 
Well, I just wanted to introduce myself and to introduce my son. She turns around and calls her son over. Billy, these are our new neighbors. Billy said hi and ran back to play in his yard. Well, said Jeff's mom, I'm Margaret. This is my husband, Peter. And these are our two sons, Jeff and Louie. They each introduced themselves and then Barbara invited them to her son's birthday. Jeff and his brother were about to object when their mother said that they would love to. I'm sorry if you could hear that. That's my mom working out in the background. (laughs) When Jeff and his family are done packing, Jeff went up to his mom. Mom, why would you invite us to some kid's party? You haven't noticed I'm not some dumb kid. Jeff, said his mother, we just moved here. We would show, we should show that we went, that, Jesus, we should show that we want to spend some time with our neighbors. Now we're going to that party and that's final. Jeff started to talk, but stopped himself, knowing that he couldn't do anything. (laughs) Whenever his mom said something, it was final. He finally, he, oh my god, why am I messing up so much? I'm so sorry. This is not what I want. This is beyond what I want. I'm trying to mess up as little as possible. I just keep getting distracted. But, oh, give me one second and then I'll get right back into it. I'm, again, very sorry that I keep messing up. I'm back. He walked up to his room and plopped down on his bed. He sat there looking at his ceiling when suddenly he got a weird feeling. Not so much pain, but a weird feeling. He dismissed it as just some random feeling. He heard his mother call him down to get his stuff and walked down to get it. The next day, Jeff walked down stairs to get breakfast and get ready for school. As he sat there eating his breakfast, he once again got that feeling. This time it was stronger. It gave him a slight tugging pain, but he once again dismissed it. As he and Louie finished breakfast, they walked down to the bus stop. They sat there waiting for the bus, and then all of a sudden, some kid on a skateboard jumped over them, only inches above their laps. They both jumped back in surprise. Hey, what the hell? The kid landed and turned back to them. He kicked his skateboard up and caught it with his hands. The kid seemed to be about 12, one year younger than Jeff. He wears an Aeropostale shirt and ripped blue jeans. Well, well, well. It looks like we got some new meat. Suddenly, two other kids appeared. One was super skinny and the other one was huge. Well, since you're new here, I'd like to introduce ourselves. Over there is Keith. Jeff and Louie looked over to the skinny kid. He had a dopey face that you would expect a sidekick to have, and he's Troy. They looked over at the fat kid. Talk about a tub of lard. This kid looked like he hadn't exercised since he was crawling. Oh my god. (laughs) 
And I, said the first kid, am Randy. Now for all the kids in this neighborhood, there's a small price for a bus fare, if you catch my drift. Louis stood up, ready to punch the lights out of the kid's eyes, when one of his friends pulled a knife on him. I had hoped he would be more cooperative, but it seems we must do this the hard way. The kid walked up to Louie, took his wallet out of his pocket. Jeff got that feeling again. Now it was truly strong, a burning sensation. He stood up, but Louie gestured him to sit down. Jeff ignored him and walked up to the kid. Listen here, you little punk. Give back my bro's wallet or else. Randy put the wallet in his pocket and pulled out his own knife. Oh, and what will you do? Just as he finished the sentence, Jeff popped the kid in the nose. As Randy reached for his face, Jeff grabbed the kid's wrist and broke it. Randy screamed and Jeff grabbed the knife from his hand. Troy and Keith rushed Jeff, but Jeff was too quick. He threw Randy to the ground. Keith lashed out at him, but Jeff ducked and stabbed him in the arm. Keith dropped his knife and fell to the ground screaming. Troy rushed him too, but Jeff didn't even need the knife. He just punched Troy straight in the stomach and Troy went down. As he fell, he puked all over. Louis could do nothing but look in amazement at Jeff. Jeff? How'd you... was all he said. They saw the bus coming and knew they'd be blamed for the whole thing, so they started running as fast as they could. As they ran, they looked back and saw the bus driver rushing over to Randy and the others. As Jeff and Louie made it to school, they didn't dare tell what happened. All they did was sit there and listen. Louie just thought of that as his brother beating up a few kids, but Jeff knew it was more. It was something scary. As he got that feeling, he felt how powerful it was, the urge to just hurt someone. He didn't like how it sounded, but he couldn't help feeling happy. He felt that strange feeling go away and stay away for the entire day of school. Even as he walked home due to the whole thing near the bus stop, and how, he, how now he probably wouldn't be taking the bus anymore, he felt happy. When he got home, his parents asked him how his day was, and he said in a somewhat ominous voice, It was wonderful. The next morning, he heard a knock at his front door. He walked down to find two police officers at the door, his mother looking back at him with an angry look. Jeff, these officers tell me that you attacked three kids, that it wasn't regular fighting, and that they were stabbed. Stabbed, son. Jeff's gaze fell to the floor, showing his mother that it was true. Mom, they were the ones who pulled the knives on me and Louie. Son, said one of the cops. We found three kids, two stabbed and one having a bruise on his stomach, and we have witnesses proving that you fled the scene. Fled the scene. Now, what does that tell us? Jeff knew it was no use. He could say him and Louie had been attacked, but then there was no proof it was not them who attacked first. They couldn't say that they weren't fleeing, because truth be told, they were. So Jeff couldn't defend himself or Louie. Son, call down your call down your brother. Jeez. Jeff couldn't do it since he since it was he who beat up all the kids. Sir, it it was me. 
I was the one who beat up the kids. Louis tried to hold me back, but he couldn't stop me. The cop looked at his partner, and they both nodded. Well, kid, looks like a year in juvie. Wait! That was my cat in the background. If you heard him. It was me. I beat up those little punks. Have the marks to prove it. He lifted up his sleeve to reveal cuts and bruises, as if he was in a struggle. Son, put the knife down, said the officer. Louis held up the knife and dropped it to the ground. He put his hands up and walked over to the cops. No, Louis, it was me. I did it. Jeff had tears running down his face. Huh, poor bro, trying to take the blame for what I did. Well, take me away. The police led Louis out to the, to the patrol car. Louis, tell them it was me. Tell them I was the one who beat up those kids. Jeff's mother put her hands on his shoulder. Jeff, please, you don't have to lie. We know it's Louis. You can stop. Jeff watched helplessly as the cop car speeds off with Louis inside. A few minutes later, Jeff's dad pulled into the driveway, seeing Jeff's face and knowing something was wrong. Son? Son, what is it? Jeff couldn't answer. His vocal cords were strained from crying. Instead, Jeff's mother walked his father inside to break the bad news to him, as Jeff wept in the driveway. After an hour or so, Jeff walked back into the house. Seeing that his parents were both shocked, sad, and disappointed, he couldn't look at them. He couldn't see how they thought of Louis when it was his fault. He just went to sleep, trying to get the whole thing off of his mind. Two days went by with no word from Louis at JTC. No friends to hang out with. Nothing but sadness and guilt. That is, until Saturday, when Jeff is woken by his mother with a happy, sunshiny face. Jeff, it's the day, she said as she opened up the curtains and let light flood into his room. What? What's today? asked Jeff as he stirs awake. Why, it's Billy's party. He was now fully awake. Mom, you're joking, right? You don't expect me to go to some kid's party after... There was a long pause. Jeff, we both know what happened. I think this party could be the thing that brightens up the past days. Now, get dressed. Jeff's mother walked out of the room and downstairs to get ready herself. He fought himself to get up. He picked out a random shirt and a pair of jeans and walked downstairs. He saw his mother and father all dressed up. His mother in a dress and his father in a suit. He thought why they would ever wear such fancy clothes to a kid's party. Son, is that all you're going to wear? said Jeff's mom. Better than wearing too much, he said. His mother pushed down the feeling to yell at him and hit it with a smile. Now, Jeff, we may be overdressed, but this is how you go if you want to make an impression, said his father. Jeff grunted and went back up to his room. I don't have any fancy clothes, he yelled downstairs. Just pick out something, called his mother. He looked around in his closet for what he would call fancy. 
He found a pair of black dress pants he had for special occasions and an undershirt. He couldn't find a shirt to go with it, though. He looked around and only found striped and patterned shirts, none of which go with dress pants. Finally, he found a white hoodie and put it on. You're wearing that? They both said. His mother looked at her watch. Oh, no time to change. Let's just go. She said as she herded Jeff and his father at the door. They crossed the street over to Barbara and Billy's house. They knocked on the door and it appeared that Barbara, just like his parents, were way overdressed. As they walked inside, all Jeff could see were adults, no kids. The kids are out in the yard. Jeff, how about you go and meet some of them, said Barbara. Jeff walked outside to a yard full of kids. They were running around in weird cowboy costumes and shooting each other with plastic guns. He might as well be standing in a Toys R Us. Suddenly, a kid came up to him and handed him a toy gun and hat. Hey, wanna play? He said. Uh, no kid. I'm way too old for this stuff. The kid looked at him with that weird puppy dog face. Please, said the kid. Fine, Jeff said. He put on the hat and started to pretend to shoot at the kids. At first, he thought it was totally ridiculous. Then he started to actually have fun. It might not have been super cool, but it was the first time he had done something that took his mind off of Louie. So he played with the kids for a while until he heard a noise. A weird rolling noise. Then it hit him. Randy, Troy, and Keith all jumped over the fence on their skateboards. Jeff dropped the fake gun and ripped off the hat. Randy looked at Jeff with a burning hatred. Hello, Jeff, is it? We have some unfinished business. Jeff saw his bruised nose. I think we're even. I beat the crap out of you and you get my brother sent to JDC. Randy got angry. Oh no. I don't go for even. I go for winning. You may have kicked our asses that one day, but not today. As he said that, Randy rushed at Jeff. They both fell to the ground. Randy punched Jeff in the nose, and Jeff grabbed him by the ears and headbutted him. Jeff pushed Randy off of him, and both rose to their feet. Kids were screaming, and parents were running out of the house. Troy and Keith both pulled guns out of their pockets. No one interrupt or guts will fly, they said. Randy pulled a knife on Jeff and stabbed it into his shoulder. Jeff screamed and fell to his knees. Randy started kicking him in the face. After three kicks, Jeff grabs his foot and twists it, twists it, causing Randy to fall to the ground. Jeff stood up, walked towards the back door. Troy grabbed him. Need some help? He picks Jeff up by the back of the back of his collar and throws him through the patio door. As Jeff tries to stand, he is kicked down to the ground. Randy repeatedly starts kicking Jeff until he starts to cough up blood. Come on, Jeff, fight me. He picks Jeff up and throws him into the kitchen. Randy sees a bottle of vodka on the counter and smashes the glass over Jeff's head. Fight! He throws Jeff back into the living room. Come on, Jeff, look at me. Jeff glances up, his face riddled with blood. I was the one who got your brother sent to JDC, and now you're just going to sit here and let him rot in there for a whole year? You should be ashamed. 
Jeff starts to get up. Oh, finally, you stand up and fight. Jeff is now to his feet, blood and vodka on his face. Once again, he gets the strange feeling, the one in which he hasn't felt for a while. Finally, he's up, says Randy as he runs at Jeff. That's when it happens. Something inside Jeff snaps. His psyche is destroyed. All rational thinking is now gone. All he can do is kill. He grabs Randy and Pyle drives him into the ground. He gets on top of him and punches him straight in the heart. This punch causes Randy's heart to stop. As Randy gasps for breath, Jeff hammers down on him. Punch after punch, blood gushes from Randy's body until he takes one final breath and dies. Everyone is looking at Jeff now. The parents, the crying kids, even Troy and Keith. Although, they easily break from their gaze and point their guns at Jeff. Jeff sees the guns trained on him and runs for the stairs. As he runs, Troy and Keith let out fire on him, each shot missing. Jeff runs up the stairs. He hears Troy and Keith follow up behind. As they let out their final rounds of bullets, Jeff ducks into the bathroom. He grabs the towel rack and rips it off of the wall. Troy and Keith race in, knives ready. Troy swings his knife at Jeff, who backs away and bangs the towel rack into Troy's face. Troy goes down hard, and now all that's left is Keith. He is more agile than Troy, though. He ducks when Jeff swings the towel rack. He dropped the knife and grabbed Jeff by the neck. He pushed him into the wall. A thing of bleach fell down on top of him from the shelf. It burnt both of them, and they both started to scream. Jeff wiped his eyes as best as he could. He pulled the towel rack and swung it straight into Keith's head. As he lay there, bleeding to death, he let out an ominous smile. "'What's so funny?' asked Jeff. Keith pulled out a lighter and switched it on. "'What's funny? Is that you're covered in bleach and alcohol?' Jeff's eyes widened as Keith threw the lighter at him. As soon as the flame made contact with him, the flames ignited the alcohol in the vodka. While the alcohol burned him, the bleach bleached his skin. Jeff let out a terrible screech as he caught on fire. He tried to roll out the fire, but it was no use. The alcohol had made him a walking inferno. He ran down the hall and fell down the stairs. Everyone started screaming as they saw Jeff, now a man on fire, drop to the ground, nearly dead. The last thing Jeff saw was his mother and other parents trying to extinguish the flame. That's when he passed out. When Jeff woke, he had a cast wrapped cast wrapped around his face. He couldn't see anything, but he felt a cast on his shoulder and stitches all over his body. He tried to stand he tried to stand up, but he realized that there was some tube in his arm, and when he tried to get up, it fell out. A nurse rushed in. "I don't think you can get out of bed just yet," she said as she put him back in bed and reinserted the tube. Jeff sat there with no vision, no idea of what surroundings of what his surroundings were. Finally, after hours, he heard his mother. 
Honey, are you okay? She asked. Jeff couldn't answer, though. His face was covered, and he was unable to speak. Oh, honey, I have great news. After all the witnesses told the police that Randy confessed of trying to attack you, they decide to let Louie go. This made Jeff almost bolt up, stopping halfway Remember the tube, remembering the tube coming out of his arm. He'll be out by tomorrow, and then you two will be able to see each other again. Jeff's mother hugs Jeff and says her goodbyes. The next couple of weeks were those where Jeff was visited by his family. Then came the day where his bandages were removed. His family members were all there to see it and what he looked like. As the doctors unwrapped the bandages from Jeff's face, everyone was on the edge of their seats. They waited until the last bandage holding the cover of his face was almost removed. Let's hope for the best, said the doctor. He quickly pulls the cloth, letting the rest fall from his face. Jeff's mother screams at the sight of his face. Louie and Jeff's dad stare awestruck at his face. What? What happened to my face? He rushed out of bed and ran to the bathroom. He looked in the mirror and saw the cause of distress. His face. It was horrible. His lips were burnt to a deep shade of red. His face was turned into pure white color. His hair singed from brown to black. He slowly put his hand to his face. It had a sort of leathery feel to it now. He looked back at his family, then back at the mirror. Jeff, said Louie, it's not that bad. Not that bad? It's perfect. His family was equally surprised. Jeff started laughing uncontrollably. His parents noticed that his left eye and hand were twitching. Uh, Jeff, are you okay? Okay? I've never felt more happy. Look at me. This face goes perfectly with me. He couldn't stop laughing. He stroked his face, feeling it. Looking at it in the mirror. What caused this? Well, you may recall that when Jeff was fighting Randy, something in his mind, his sanity snapped. Now he was left as a crazy killing machine. That is, his parents didn't know. Doctor, said Jeff's mom, is my son alright? You know, in the head? Oh yes, this behavior is typical for patients that have been that have taken very large amounts of painkillers. If this behavior doesn't change in a few weeks, bring him back here and we'll give him a psychological test. Oh, thank you, doctor. Jeff's mother went over to Jeff. Jeff, sweetie, it's time to go. Jeff looks away from the mirror, his face still formed into a crazy smile. Okay, mommy. Oh, <laughs> sorry, that was me moving the table a little bit. His mother took him by the shoulder and took him to get his clothes. This is what came in, said the lady at the desk. Jeff's mom looked down to see the black dress pants and white hoodie her son wear. Wore. Sorry. Now they were clean of blood and now stitched together. Jeff's mother led him to his room and made him put his clothes on. Then they left, not knowing that this was their final day of life. Later that night, Jeff's mother woke to a sound coming from the bathroom. It sounded as if someone was crying. She slowly walked over to see what it was. She looked over into the bathroom and she saw a horrendous sight.
Jeff had taken a knife and carved a smile into his cheeks. Jeff, what are you doing? His mother asked. He looked over to his mom. I couldn't keep smiling, Mommy. It hurt after a while. Now I can smile forever. Jeff's mother noticed his eyes ringed, ringed in black. Jeff, your eyes! His, fa his eyes were seemingly never closing. I couldn't see my face. I got tired and my eyes started to close. I burned out the eyelids so I could see myself forever. My new face! Jeff's mother slowly started to back away, seeing that her son was going insane. What's wrong, Mommy? Aren't I beautiful? Yes, son. Yeah, yes, you are. Let, let me go get Daddy so he can see your face. She ran into the room, shook Jeff's dad from his sleep. Honey, get the gun. We... She stopped as she saw Jeff in the doorway holding a knife. Mommy, you lied. That's the last thing they hear as Jeff rushes them with the knife, gutting both of them. His brother Louis woke up, startled by some noise. He didn't hear anything else, so he just shut his eyes and tried to go back to sleep. As he was on the border of slumber, he got the strangest feeling that someone was watching him. He looked up. Before Jeff's hand covered his mouth, he slowly raised the knife, ready to plunge it into Louis. Louis thrashed here and there, trying to escape Jeff's grip. Shh, Jeff said. Just go to sleep. Remember? Oh, <laughs> that was um the last of the story. What I was getting ready to read was um, whoever wrote this put a little link to a reboot of the story I just read. But that was the story. Um, pretty, pretty gruesome. I mean, went a little insane. Decided to kill his parents and his brother. Got his face burnt. You know, just the normal stuff that happens. <laughs> but yeah, that was the story. It's a very interesting story. I never actually fully read it to a T. I've only ever really read about mainly the beginning and then I just read the full ending uh, about how he kills his mom and his brother. I've never really fully read the story from beginning to end so it was really interesting. Um, like I said this story was around for a long time so um, I'd probably say around like 2017. Well, not 20... I don't know if it was written in 2017, but a lot of people have commented from 2017. I think it was a little longer than that. I want to say, like... I started seeing the pictures more of Jeff the Killer. Uh... 2015? Early... 2015 late 2014 I would say but yeah the story itself is pretty interesting now we're gonna get into other possible Jeff influences like I said one of the main ones that I think of is the Joker from DC Comics 
mainly because of the Chelsea smile and the fact that well, I was going to say the fact that Jeff did it himself, but, um, the Joker, I'm pretty sure his father did it to him. But let's get into the other possible Jeff influences. Though they seem to be less wildly, wildly acknowledged, a number of other pop culture characters have clearly influenced the evolution of Jeff the Killer. Most prominent amongst these is DC villain and Batman arch nemesis, the Joker. Not only does this character share the clown-like combination of a white face and maniacal smile, but in Tim Burton's version, as played by Jack Nicholson, his face is disfigured by an accident with chemicals, a trope which is also present in various versions of the Jeff the Killer story. In Christopher Nolan's version, meanwhile, the noticeably scarred Joker, played by Heath Ledger, is thought to have deliberately mutated his own face in order to create the fixed grin, telling various conflicting stories throughout the film as to how he was scarred in the first place. Again, this is a trope employed in the Jeff the Killer stories. Both the Joker and Jeff can trace their origins further back to the early black and white classic, the man who laughed and with in which the tragic hero has a fixed maniacal smile throughout even less discussed is the obvious influence of japanese manga and later movie character ichi the killer who not only shares virtually the same name as jeff but has a fondness for knives okay let me restart that who not only shares the vir virtually the same name as Jeff, but has a fondness for knives and homicide, and also sports a badly scarred mouth twisted in a permanent smile. There you have it. So, that is the entire Jeff the Killer influences the story. I'm still scrolling. Hang on. Um... Jeff the Killer appearances and origin, and overview and synopsis at a glance. Now, I did leave out one section as discussed prior, which is Jeff photos and folklore. So, if you would like to read this yourself, I would go to creepypasta.com forward slash Jeff the Killer. You can find that information about Jeff photos and folklore in this article. The story itself, if you would like to reread it, is also here as well as everything else discussed. I also skipped a section called Dark Images and Darker Stories. You can read that as well. I will put that in my bio for my Instagram for this podcast. And this is going this episode's going to go up today which is sunday august 22nd um and i'm pretty sure what i'm gonna do is tomorrow night i think i'm gonna record another episode either tomorrow night or tuesday i don't want it to drag out until the weekend like i did this week i apologize but what i'm going to get into next is slender man he's very popular everybody knows about slender man there was also 
um, I don't know how recent it was, but news broke out that two, I think it was two girls stabbed their friend for Slenderman or something? I can't really remember. But it was something along those lines. Which, you know, is just a little disturbing. But in this Slenderman article, there's, of course, there's origins, there's backstory, then there's the actual Slenderman creepypasta story, there's behavior, there's Slenderman historical references, i.e. Brazilian cave paintings, Egyptian hieroglyphs, German woodcuts, Romanian mythology, and English mythology, as well as the Slenderman movie, folklore and faceless fiends, real life and moral panic, influences, and other Slenderman stories. So again, tomorrow is going to be, either tomorrow or Tuesday, is going to be another longer episode, like this one, considering there's just a lot of information to cover before we get into the story itself, and then there's a lot of information afterwards. Um, the Slenderman story itself is one of my favorites. I know I say this for practically everyone that I've done so far, but I really like creepypasta, and Slenderman is definitely one that I like a lot. Um, I have played various different Slenderman games on the internet throughout my life, and they're one of my favorites. So, what I'm gonna do is, I think I'm gonna read this entire thing tomorrow. There's ten different sections to cover. I think I'm gonna read all ten of them, so bear with me either Monday or Tuesday. Um, it is gonna be a long one. So, yeah. I'm gonna take multiple breaks in between each section, just to kind of get some water, you know, go to the bathroom if I need to. Definitely get some water because I don't hydrate very well. However, I also don't hydrate very well recording these episodes, so my voice gets kind of dry and my throat hurts. So, to avoid that, um, I'm gonna hydrate in between sections as I read. So, it'll be a long one. Definitely grab some popcorn some snacks, whatever you need to. But yeah, that's the end of this episode. I hope everybody enjoyed. Definitely keep tabs with me on Instagram. Uh, just look up Stories by Candlelight. Same logo. So, it'll be easy to find. So yeah, I update a lot over there. And I hope everybody has a great Sunday. Bye-bye.